How is everybody doing? And welcome back for another Strength Chat episode. Today, I have got a very special guest for you. Some say the jet setter of the fitness industry. Today, I'm joined by the founder of Built Strong Online Coaching. Today, I am joined by the one and only John Cunningham. How are you doing? Mate, very well. And that was a very good intro. I feel like I'll let everyone down now by just saying <laughs> the story. Yeah. If no one's watching on YouTube, he's actually, you know, in the mountains of Canada. There's bears behind him and and, and all sorts. Um, how are you? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, mate, very well, thank you. And thanks again for inviting me on, mate. I feel I do feel honored. The guest list you have on this podcast is outstanding. So to be amongst them is uh is really good. And mate, doing very, very well. Uh, as you alluded to, been in Canada now for about I think it's about two months or so. So just kind of like trying to find our feet, find a house, car, bank accounts, find a gym, all that kind of thing as well. So all like usual stuff that happens with like going and living in a different country. As always, it costs way more than you think it's going to be, and <laughs> things don't get done nearly as quickly as you think it's going to be as well. So we've just managed to get off flat in the last couple of weeks. So we're Airbnb for a good while before that, stayed with some friends that we met in the first couple of weeks for another couple of weeks, and then finally into our uh, into our apartment. But mate, loving it. It's really good. Everyone did say, oh, it's going to be cold there. Mate, it's like 30-odd degrees, and I've sunburned <laughs> already. So I don't know what I was expecting here. Oh, good. And how are you getting on? Because obviously, um, so for, for anyone who doesn't know, so um, basically me and John met um, uh, when John used to work at, at Steel Habitat, basically kept in touch, uh, get, uh, kept in touch ever since. Um, so still quite a lot of like UK clients. How are you getting on with the, the time difference? Because that's probably the probably the biggest thing that I would that, that I would think of. Or how have you how have you been getting on with that? Yeah, so I'm about because I'm in the West Coast, so I'm probably about eight eight hours behind the UK, but none of the stuff that we do is kind of live. So all the online stuff, it's not kind of live workouts or anything like that. So time difference isn't too bad. With our members, we try and have a 24-hour response time to everything and a 48-hour response time to coaching. So when they fill in their workout card of all their videos, we reply to them within 48 hours. Normally it's pretty quick, like within 24, and then all messages are within 24 hours. So uh, that's actually been absolutely fine i i was quite worried about that because i'm very conscious of like customer service and making sure the standards are pretty high and obviously changing time difference i didn't want that to slip uh so so far touch words it's been uh, it's pretty fairly easy transition i mean we've not missed anything in terms of any content any check-ins any coaching since the move so uh, that was really good and a, pro- a big aim when the transition happened not to let standards slip so to keep on pumping out all the content all the educational stuff for the members and all the coaching so yeah so far so good yeah. Oh, good. I think as well, one of the key things that you said there is, you know, that customer service and, and keeping that standard, I suppose, you know, I'm sure we'll touch on this as we as we get more into the chat as well, but having those systems in place, because, you know, you don't want people just feeling as though they're left to, the, left to their own devices. If you've got that, probably more so from a coach's point of view, if you have them systems in place, it isn't going to be, it isn't going to be the end of the world. Um, So obviously I did, uh, you know, a brief uh, introduction at the start there but for everyone listening who might not know your background in coaching in training how built strong you know came about just want to give a little bit of a background to yourself yeah for sure um 
how far to go. All right, so I'll go back to like teenager and stuff like that. Basically, always into the gym, always into, well, rugby was my first love. And I was like, I'm going to be a professional rugby player. There's just no question about it. Uh, went to the gym for that, loved it, and then was involved, not fully, but set like, kind of we had like an ace thing, which was kind of like a, you're in the academy of a professional rugby team but you work alongside that as well. So you go off to a college, so you kind of train that. So I was like, oh yeah, on the pathway, it's going great. Didn't get picked up by anyone. Went to Loughborough University, was like, sweet, I'll go here. Uh, had a little stint with Bedford before that and was like, no, I'll choose uni. And then basically all my uni, I did uh, undergraduate sports science. Did that for two years. Actually dropped out of uni because uh, opportunity came up to play rugby in New Zealand. So yeah. went and did that dislocated my shoulder I was like oh no <laughs> then I had to come back and get surgery and I was in my sling I was like all right might as well go back and finish university so I went back to Loughborough did my third year um, still wasn't thinking really much about coaching but I just loved programming and like loved at the SNC module loved all that kind of thing and I was even like helping some of my classmates so I was like oh try this program, try that program for the SNC. It was like, oh, how'd you do that? And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then basically they were like, oh, can you write me a program for the gym? I was like, yeah, sweet, no worries. And I did that for quite a lot of the rugby team and quite a lot of my friends in the final year of university. I was like, oh, this is easy. Like, there's like, I love lifting weights. This is just what you do. And, and it was kind of a, a real good experience just writing churning out all these different types of programs like my housemate who was in the netball team was like oh can i have a program my friend who played rugby can i have a program so it's kind of writing for different, different sports finished university um went still for oh i'm going to be a rugby player here but went to go play for a national league side um and basically my friend opened steel habitat probably the year i finished university so mike waywell He's still the owner of Steel Habitat. Steel Habitat's grown, and and I went in, and uh, he just opened. He was like, "Oh, come coach for me, or come join the gym." And it was like a little box gym, and I was like, "No way, mate! This is a terrible <laughs> gym." But eventually, got in there, and at one point, I think he was ill or something, and he was like, "Oh, he knew me before I went to uni," and he was like, "Oh, John, can you cover a few sessions and start coaching?" And I was like, "Yes, yeah, sweet mate, that's absolutely fine. You know, you rest up." Did that really enjoyed it i was like this is amazing like train in the middle of the day you get up you know coach from people train read about coaching and, and training <laughs> and then true and then coach again i was like this is the best thing ever and then i kind of just developed from there i was like oh i finished my university degree i'll go and do my um strength and conditioning accreditation which you need a degree for it's not the UKSCA one the cscs i did and the, right. the reason being if anyone's listened to this it's virtually the same thing and recognized worldwide except the UKSCA one's more expensive and the fail rate's higher so i was like oh just gonna go and do the cscs <laughs> one <laughs> so i did that and then during my time and still have that there i was there for about four and a half years the gym grew massively from about five ten members or whatever to to what it was about 100 odd members with multiple coaching staff and I was the uh, head coach there and I just did a bunch of internships and different rugby clubs uh, universities all that kind of thing and just basically did probably about five years of just non-stop coaching just like up at 6am coach for a couple of hours lift weights go to my internship come back coach again and that was my day for like six days a week uh, and loved it. I was really, really cool and gained so much knowledge actually firsthand 
in the trenches for like six years or so. And it was really cool, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed my internship opportunities. And about halfway through that six years, I just realized, oh, I don't, I, I just don't I, like rugby as much as lifting weights now. <laughs> just like, I was like mid 20s, I was like, all right, I love a, I love an underdog story, but the dream of playing in the Premier is probably not going to happen. Probably too small and dumpy, so I'll just go lift weights. So uh, just did that, mate, and kind of played for fun for a few years. And then I was like, you know what, I'm really not enjoying it. So I stopped playing rugby and just continued to coach. Uh, got involved in some weightlifting. So there's a few competitions of weightlifting uh, and, and looked at training from there and just continued there. Anyway, just to speed this up before any listeners, you know, get bored. <laughs> I met my partner now in the gym at classic story, isn't it? Like PT and like gym going. <laughs> but we got together and she had a one-way ticket to Australia booked. And about two months into dating, I was like, yeah, sweet. I'll just quit my job and come with you. So, <laughs> so I uh, made that move, told Mike, owner of just uh, Steel Habitat. And he was like, Nate, if you really want to do that, you go do that. Fully supportive. And basically just took off uh, eight months of dating or something. I was like, yeah, I'll just quit everything I've got, no savings, no nothing, and, and just take off. And we left to go to Australia. And then kind of that's when I really was like, oh, God, I've got to do something here. Went to other gyms, so started coaching a little bit in CrossFit gyms. I found it really hard to actually get a job out there because I don't know what it was. I think because I didn't have a PT, a recognized PT qualification because I went down the, uh, I wanted to be a rugby player and then like a strength conditioning specialist. So I did like tons of internships, got my accreditation in strength conditioning, got my undergraduate degree. They were like, oh, that's well and good, but where's your level two PT? And I was like, right. I've got a degree. And accreditation, <laughs> they were like, still doesn't count. I was like, all right. So I found a few independent gyms who were like, sweet, yeah, we can do that. We can ensure you and you can coach here. So I started doing that. And basically just found out like, Oh, it was just tough. I'll tell you a good story because I was living in Queensland, but the gym was in New South Wales and in Australia, <laughs> they start the gym really early. So like, I think the first class is like 5 a.m. No but no one told me about the time difference between New South Wales and Queensland. There's an actual time difference, even though it's like five minutes down the road. So I lived in Queensland. So to me, the gym opened at 4 a.m., but it <laughs> took half an hour to get there. So I had to wake up at like 3 a.m to go coach at 4 a.m., which was there 5 a.m. Oh, mate. And I did that for like six months. And But I was working in two different gyms as well. And I was like, this has got to stop. And then that's kind of where Built Strong started. So Built Strong kind of started at Steel Habitat. We had a thing where we're like, oh, we'll do some online coaching. We'll call it Built Strong, blah, blah. And Mike was like, yeah, just take that name. And it was kind of on the back burner for those six months I was trying to make money. And when I realized, I was like, I'm getting up at 3 a.m. here to coach. And then the owner of the, one of the gyms was kind of like, oh, if no one turns up to your session, you're not getting paid. I'm like, I got up at 3 a.m. to get here. <laughs> and then he moved sessions from an hour to 45 minutes, but wouldn't tell me, but then cut my pay by uh, a quarter and stuff like that, really. And basically, I was just quit on the spot. I just yeah. feel like free, but within six months, just quit on the spot. And I was like, that's when I really was like, I'll have to dive into that. Uh, this online coaching because it was kind of like a, a spark at Steel Habitat. We started a little bit on the back burner because I didn't know what to do and then just dove into it. And that's when basically Built Strong was created. So basically just grafted away for we were in two, uh, Australia for two years or so, grafted away. My partner didn't 
uh, enjoy a job so much. So we actually came back to the UK. Then I was like, sweet, I'll do a postgraduate. So I went to Chester and did physiology and sports nutrition, finished my master's degree there, kept on doing Built Strong. And that was hard doing because I built, I did many mistakes when I built strong. And during that year when I was in, uh, went back to university, I was doing individual programming for everyone and anyone yeah. um, who's coaching knows how much detail goes into individual programming. And then the way I like to do it is we have feedback on every single session and we had like a good amount of members, but then I was doing a full-time degree on top of that. So I actually yeah. asked the uh, university, could I pause my degree or at least suspend it for two years because I'm, I'm worked under here? And they came back to me and said, oh, no, you can't do that. Because you're in a full-time role in the university, we don't accept full-time work as an excuse because you shouldn't be doing full-time work alongside a full-time degree. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, it serves me right there. It's in black and white <laughs> writing. So super, super stressful year. That finished in... September or so, and then the following year, which is this year, yeah, came to Canada and then kind of set up shop here. So Built Strong was kind of like, kind of was in the back burner from a, a steel habitat. And Australia kind of got forced into it and kind of burnt all the boats and was like, dive headfirst into this business and see how it goes. Yeah. Made tons of mistakes along the way, which we might get into. And then it is what it is now. So, uh, being fortunate enough to be able to hire another coach. So I've got Tommy, who's excellent. He's taken over the athletic uh, programs that we have as well. So he's got a few programs under his belt. And then hopefully uh, another coach, not too distant future, and continue to grow there as well, but made, made many mistakes. So we can dive into anyway, but that's kind of the uh, long-winded if we've got any listeners left. <laughs> no, no, that's absolutely spot on. I, I always like to I always like, like to ask that question, especially how people get involved in coaching, because you know, you look at the the content that you put out there, the programs that you put out there, the results that you get with the clients that you work with. And probably this is more so directed at younger coaches probably coming probably coming into the, the industry if you want if you want to call it that and it's like whoa he's got it together like it must have been a well thought out plan of this is what I want to do whereas actually like I know for, for, for me getting involved in, in coaching getting involved in powerlifting I basically just fell into it I basically came back from Australia and was like um the when um so the 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 gym that I originally started working at called Primal that was opening up and because I was short on money they said you want to do boot camps I was like well not really because it's outside then started picking up some shifts in the gym and it was like this is pretty cool this is pretty cool this um so I think it's that thought process of like not everything is all planned out however sometimes a little bit like what you said about being in Australia sometimes you need that push to be like right, actually, I need to put some things in place. And, you know, that's how you grow from it. You know, no one's going to be, because there's a topic that I always I always kind of touch on that, um, you know, during COVID, everyone was like, right, well, I'm just going to do this program or this program. Whereas actually, you know, from what you've said, said there, the hours that you've put in in the trenches, if you like, getting that in-person coaching, building up that knowledge base um, to be able to provide the service that, that you provide now. Just building off that, obviously, um, you know, doing the strength of conditioning, getting involved in coaching. Um, who are your sort of biggest influences uh, on your coaching and your kind of philosophies around training? Oh, nice question. Uh, they've probably changed over time. Um, I, I can tell you the very first one. So 
if anyone like you know, might show my age here, Joe DeFranco, his training montage of like when he was training Brian Cushing for the NFL. Yeah. Oh mate, that like those warehouse style gyms and whatnot as well. And I actually did his program. It was called West Side for Skinny Bastards. And I just did that all the time when I was younger. And I thought it was great. Watched his YouTube and whatnot. Um, he was best, definitely the first one. And it was great because I was still young and that was around probably university time and, and whatnot. And I just loved the fact that he was just just this jack coach, uh, like coaching actual NFL players, like real good sports performance stuff. And it was super simple. He was like, there was nothing fancy about it. It wasn't just kind of these fancy exercises and all that kind of thing. It was just good old hard work, uh, planned progression. And these players were just dominating on the field. And I was like, that's who I would aspire to be if I was a coach. Um, and it kind of drifted off from there. As I got older, I'm definitely more into uh, I don't know more kind of like the science based stuff so if you ask me now it's like who do I look up to it will probably be like the likes of Mike Isratel, Eric Helms um, Martin McDonald and I've just been really 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 fortunate to just actually meet some people face to face and like these guys are incredible so I went to an RP seminar a couple of years ago and I was like it was uh, Melissa I forgot her last name. She's called Regressive Under Underload. Oh, on uh, Melissa Davies. Davis. Davis yeah. She was incredible. Her husband as well, James Hoffman, super knowledgeable guy. Met Mike Isbertel, the friendliest, biggest <laughs> person I've ever probably met. Um, and then Martin McDonald gave some guest lectures when I was in university, and I was like, wow, this guy. I, I think he was currently working at Loughborough with the British weightlifting team for nutrition. Yeah. Um, and then when I was in New Zealand, like I mentioned, I managed to meet uh, Nick Gill, who is the All Black Strength and Conditioning Coach, who has been the All Black Strength and Conditioning Coach for like the last 10 years. And he actually did some of the training programs with the rugby team I was in. Basically just give some programs, hang around a few training sessions, not anything serious, but just managed to ask him a few questions. Like something super simple that was really, uh, really stuck to me with me over the last like, what is it, eight years since I've done that or nine years. And one of the sessions was super simple. It was basically just like, you know, a clean, uh, some sort of squat, Nordic curl, push and pull. And I was like, oh, this is, this is quite a simple session. And he goes, yeah, mate, the All Blacks do this. And I was <laughs> like, wow, like the best players in the world just do this simple training. And he goes, yeah, as long as they're strong and durable and powerful, that's my job done. Don't get injured. They send them onto the field and get better at rugby. And I was like, that's the simplest thing I've ever come across. And it's kind of just stuck with me. And um, so to answer your uh, question originally, it just has progressed and managed to meet, fortunately, be in the same room as the, these people growing up and it's kind of like taking little bits from them. And it's just kind of evolved over time. I really like the science-based stuff now like doing my postgraduate and stuff like that and hopefully one day do go on to do a, a PhD but I don't know I kind of like don't seek out people but I recognize people like oh they're very good I'll listen to them but it's kind of always thinking about especially as I got older having a critical mind and I think that will definitely help because there's so much information in the fitness industry, whether it's Instagram like in the coaches and a lot of it if you say something confidently people will believe it yeah. But without that critical thinking, it's kind of like, is that actually true? And the older I've got, I'm like, I don't know whether because social media's got more popular or whatnot. There's just so much information. And it's really hard to sift through. 
to know what's right. And I think uh, meeting these really good people earlier on that have just put it really simply and they're still relevant in the fitness industry and nutrition industry, I'm like, oh, that's, that's put me in good stead. If it's simple, it's most likely right. If people overcomplicate it and sound really smart, they're probably missing something here or trying to portray something that they're actually not. Um, so yeah, I hope you answered that question, but there's yeah. a really good lot of guys and girls out there and it's really cool just to listen to these really smart people, put it in some simple, simple terms. Definitely. I think from, from there, you know, it's that, it is that thing of because there is so much uh, information out there, like Instagram now is, is, is the play is the place to be. However, sometimes, you know, when I say to um, either um, coaches trying to put information out there or even clients looking for information, look beyond that post because you're not going to hear everything in what a minute that's on there or whatever it is. Look if they've got like blogs or, you know, uh, one question I always I always say is look who they follow and then look who those coaches follow. Um, because if there's uh, if there's similar people following the similar train of thought, there's got to be something in it. Whereas, um, you know, something really outlandish and no one else is doing that. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the, that's the best way to go. Um, in terms of uh, Joe DeFranco, I had to smile there because I actually signed up to his the DeFranco Insider and had his like power hour where he'd like ask questions and go through there. Um, but yeah, definitely the, the common theme throughout that is I think a lot of people are always looking for that magic, that silver bullet or that magic formula. Whereas... You know, if the if the All Blacks are doing those exercises, why are you trying to do something to, to do something different? Um, so yeah, I always like to ask that question to be like how because it does change over time from who I started following. Not that it's not relevant anymore, but it's a case of you, you it swings and roundabouts. You always come back to everything and, and learn everything from there. Um, so that that kind of goes on to um the. Uh, from the uh, coaching in person to then sort of transitioning, you know, online. And uh, you've touched on there, you know, the the programs that people um, will go into. What was kind of the um, the thought process in putting those programs together and putting that putting that system in place with Built Strong? Yeah, um, so that definitely evolved over time. So when we first started Built Strong, I was like, you know, because I came from coaching in person and realizing how important it was to the individual. I was like, oh, we'll just do individual programming. That'll be great. Like super individualized, everything individualized nutrition, all that kind of thing uh, to the extent that you can do uh, without being a formal dietitian and whatnot. And it, it grew steadily. But something I found really hard and really difficult is that I didn't know my audience when I first started. So, you know, when you, you just mentioned there, putting social media posts out and whatnot, I have a feeling that a lot of people are in the same boat and a lot of people put information out there, maybe more for coaches to see and be like, applaud each other than actually who their target audience is uh, and speaking to their target audience. And that was definitely something I was at fault of at the start. I was just putting random little bits out, like stuff that I knew from my my internships, my undergraduate, stuff like that. And I was just putting anything out there. And some was sticking, some was not. I didn't really have a big following. Um, and because I kind of left Steel Habitat and went to a completely new country, I didn't have any carryover between like people training in the gym and then suddenly jumping online. I think maybe two followed me over to be like, oh, I'll stick with you online. 
So I, I just have to graft and uh, try and figure it out. And but yeah, mate, at the start, I was charging like £19 a month for like individualized programming coaching. And I've always from the start wanted people to have as much feedback as possible in their coaching online because it is different. As many people like to say like, oh, online coaching is great and whatnot. And for a lot of people it is, but there's nothing. It's so different from that in-person kind of immediate feedback with that coach's eye next to you. So I wanted to try and make that as, well, make it as much coaching as possible. Because a lot of people say online coaching now, and really what it is is a PDF and you get a WhatsApp check once a week. Uh, and that's just not a route that we wanted to go down. I always wanted to get people to video the workouts, put it on an actual profile. We screen record the profile, go through every individual lift and give them feedback on every single thing. So it was taking a lot of time. And I was really poor at kind of advertising how we did things and really poor at talking to our target audience. And I've got to be honest, for probably the first year and a half, I didn't realize what my target audience was. I was like probably getting lost with like, oh, a lot of PTs are talking about like mindset now and all that kind of thing. I was like, I should talk about that. I didn't really have much interest in that. I know it's very important, but one, I'm not qualified to talk about mindset and psychological issues. So I'm like, I feel like my depth here. Um, and basically I was trying to like knock on every door like is it this door is it that door and then I actually spoke to Mike from Steel Habitat I mean obviously real good mate ever since he gives me a lot of advice he was like what, what do you want to do and I was like well I love programming I love programming I love training for sports I love training for strength I love being strong in the gym sweet just make that and he goes who needs individualized programs and I was like First, there was quite a lot of pushback with that. And I was like, oh, everyone, he goes, do they really? And the answer is no, they don't really. Like, as long as they, people can follow a general template and get amazing gains. And yes, if you adjust volume, if you add in some accessory that was to their taste, then suddenly that's, that's a customized program to them, but it's a general template. So I was like, sweet, I'm finding a way here. And then it, I think it was January last, no, this year, sorry. So not even that long ago, I was like, sweet, we're going to scrap everything, stop what we're doing. And at that point, just finished my postgraduate, did a, had a bunch of people. I was like, I'm stopping this from growing because I can't do individualized nutrition. I can't do individualized programming. I can't do my maths on top of that. And my hair is falling out here. So basically, talk with Mike, talked about that individualized programming project wasn't needed go back to what I love. And I remember when I first started getting into uh, lifting and training and, and supposedly coaching, and it was writing programs for people based on their needs. And I was like, oh, this has come full circle. I'll just do that. And basically just come up with these programs. So right now we've got eight programs um, geared towards a specific goal. So for example, we've got the Hercules program, which is your powerlifting one. You've got Get Yoked, which is kind of like a power building one, a bodybuilding and powerlifting one. We've got Just Peachy. We, we all know what that's for. And then we've got some like athletic, athletic ones, like Strong and Fast, Fight Strong, Powerhouse, which are a little bit lifting one. And basically just made these 12-week programs geared towards a specific goal and got better at marketing. So now I know who I'm speaking to with these programs and I know who my audience is. It's not the newbie in the gym because i do believe a newbie in the gym needs a coach if they want to learn how to lift move the body they need an in-person coach i think just to get the most out of it definitely 
as much value as, as getting a video back on every single lift that you do in the gym, just to have that immediate feedback and be like, it could be as simple as like, you know, push your chest out, push your bum back. Great. You're in your position, do that. But they've got to wait for feedback online 24 hours and stuff like that. So we're aiming now for, and we know we're aiming for the intermediate lifter who loves gym. That's who we're aiming for. People who just would go to the gym anyway, but something stopping them from getting those gains, whether it's knowledge, accountability, or just kind of like knowing what to do with their program. And a lot of people get to the stage after the newbie gains of they start second guessing themselves and they're like, my progress was so good in the last six months in a year. I love the gym now, I'll always go out, but I don't know what to do or stick to. And then that's when we come in and be like, hey, we are basically a coaching educational service. Uh, who delivers that. So that's what we really try and focus on. You get your 12-week program. We coach you through everything. We get You get feedback on every single lift you do and you upload video to, of everything you do onto your profile. That's something we're really adamant about because otherwise it's not coaching. It's just a program and people charge extortionate amounts for basically a PDF and we, and we didn't want to be that as well. So the software we use allows them to upload the video. We go through everything, video feedback on every single lift that we do. Um, I mean, alongside that, we deliver like a ton of education. So we have like a membership site, which has got, I think it's got over 200 videos on now on training, lifestyle, nutrition, loads of topics. And each week, get, they get free mini lectures uh, from myself and now our new coach, Tommy, who come on board about two months ago or so. And basically, yeah, that's, that's what we deliver. But long story short, we made a ton of mistakes, like yeah. charging £19 a month for individualized everything and not know who my target audience is and was like, this is super tough. And this was coming from someone probably at that point has been coaching in person for more than eight years, like 40 hour weeks, more than eight years. And just being lost in this kind of online world and then just figuring out probably uh, as a business grew and uh, you grow as a business owner of, of who your target audience is and, and what you're actually trying to sell. Uh, so there's a long way to go, but we've come a long way as well. So that's, uh, that's all so far. Oh, cool! And with with that, because I know you said there you've got the um, you've got the twelve week programs, and, and and from there it came with that thing of we've spoken a lot before about you don't just do a twelve week program and then that's it. That's all your goals, you know, achieve from there. You know, there's always something to to, to build on, and obviously, you know, um, anyone could get a twelve week program. Yeah, just go away and do that. Whereas, you know, you can see that you've put that emphasis on the coaching, the coaching side of things. Um, is that sort of the difference between, you know, just cookie cutter programs, even though you have those programs to go from there, is that what separates it out? And uh, what are your thoughts on, is that where sometimes or from the mistakes that, you know, you've made or you see other coaches made just thinking, yeah, I'll just do this program and that's going to work for everybody rather than it's the coaching that's going to allow them to to progress and get better and have that education like what you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, um, you're not going to achieve too much. I mean, some people will, but a mass amount of lifetime gains in 12 weeks, you just won't. And um, something I was quite worried of, and I spoke with Mike about this again from Steel Habitat, is that, oh, but what I'm doing now is kind of ongoing. I'm doing personal online coaching. So that's ongoing. So basically my, my revenue would continue every single month and people will stay for longer, they get better gains. But the problem with that is um, it's not very sexy, is it? It's like, come do online coaching with me. It's like, great, what is it? Well, you get your check-ins and you get your new macros and all that sort of stuff. People are like, oh, 
So it was like thousands of people on the internet. What's the difference? But then having these, and this is the route I went down, not to say it's the only route and everyone or coaches listen to this. You've got to find your route and what you're passionate about. But I'm like, oh, these programs are great. The fact that they're only 12 weeks is kind of just getting people in the door. Um, I kind of like, all right, I'll start this one. And then a lot of coaching is basically our, our bread and butter and what we're, what's most important about us. The initial 12 weeks, I was really worried that people will finish the 12 weeks and be like, oh, I'm done now, I'm off. And that wouldn't look good in the company as well because, I mean, although great gains can be made, we want real, like, lifetime gains and really teach people. Uh, but what we found after the first initial 12-week log went through, because we started these 12 weeks in January, um, that most people are still here, and it's, like, August. And they just was like, yeah, can I run that again, please? Can I, but the thing that we do is because we uh, manipulate some of the extras, we'd be like, oh, can I have more volume on upper push? Perfect. Yes, sweet. So the template's the same. We'll adjust the volumes a little bit, uh, just that, and then we run it again. So a lot of people who just pick the 12-week programs realize it's like, oh, yes, the program's cool. That's not even the best part of the service. It's the feedback. It's the accountability. It's the coaching of every single session. Uh, so people have sticked around for a lot longer, which is great, because then that's when we really know that's how you're going to get results. When people stick around longer, enjoy the journey. Uh, and most importantly, it, it's worth their time and money. I mean, it's people's hard-earned money getting a coach, and it, it's a massive expense. So at the very least, we want to provide, provide that value. I would hate for someone to turn around and be like, oh, I did build strong. It wasn't worth it. I was like, that would crush me. But yeah. to deliver that value, deliver that customer service, because it's more than coaching. And I always thought this about in the gym, coaching in person, especially in a gym environment, in an independent gym or whatnot. It's not just coaching, it's customer service. It's replying to uh, members as quick as possible. It's when someone walks in the door, greeting them straight away. It's making sure their whole process is just an enjoyable time. Uh, and that's a huge part of, I think, because at the end of the day, you're running a business. A lot of people just say it's coaching, but yeah. you've got to be a professional. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a, I think that's what separates a lot of people from rising above and people who just start an industry because becoming an online coach is no barrier to entry. Literally you don't need a qualification. It's hard to distinguish between someone not to toot my own horn, who's had probably a decade of coaching in person experience by now and got a master's degree, got an accreditation. I look exactly the same as some, cause I've got a big following for someone who's just started their online coaching service two weeks ago, who's already got a big following. We look exactly the same. In fact, they've probably got a better body than me, so they get more people inquiring <laughs> about their services. Um, but then I think just like cream rises to the crop, and that's something that's always kind of stuck with me. It's like good people will, will continue to show up over time, and then that's when they rise and build. There's a lot of people that says DM me for coaching at the bottom that goes straight to the DM, and they do the check-ins on the WhatsApp. But for me, that's not real coaching. Do you know what I mean? Like, be professional, get a software, have loads of systems in place, have customer service systems in place, have an onboarding strategy, an exit strategy, a feedback strategy, uh, and then deliver the most important thing, which is as much coaching as possible. I mean, call a spoon a spoon, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people say, I deliver online coaching, but they don't. They deliver PDFs and macros, which <laughs> is not coaching, because yeah. you know if you're doing in-person coaching, what coaching is. Uh, and then it's actually delivering that actual aspect of coaching. So, for example, something I found that was really similar, uh, and many in-person coaches will find this as well, you know when you go, say, an independent gym and there's 20 people in a room and you've got to coach those 20 people maybe doing different exercises and whatnot, 
and each one is an individual person who reacts differently to your coaching cues and you want to get them from A to B but they all go different ways and it's you as a coach to go to train like all right this person's like a visual learner this person's like an audio learner and whatnot as well and it's kind of similar online so some people just like the direct do this some people really like the explanation of why we're doing this as well uh, and it's kind of figuring out and building that relationship and that's one of the best thing about people staying on and rerunning 12 weeks or going from the hercules program to be like oh i want to put muscle on now I'll go to the get your program for more volume and you kind of just build up this massive rapport with people and it starts to become actually coaching hopefully i've made the uh, answer some questions there but uh yeah, yeah definitely a massive there was there was quite a lot of things there why it was as though you'd um overheard uh, i know i speak quite loud i don't know whether my voice reaches uh, reaches to canada but um i had a had a had a conversation i had a conversation today of that um because uh, there's a couple of points in there but the first one is you know uh, the customer service side of things when it comes to coaching and it's kind of my thoughts has always it been outside of work where like, you know, you have to do it. Everything outside of work is something that you choose to do. So you choose to go to eat in a restaurant. You choose to go to the to the gym and spend your money there. And I'd always be, you know, if you were going to a restaurant and the waiter was miserable and the food was horrible and um, you had to wait ages for your food, you wouldn't go back there. That's not a good, that's not a good experience. Whereas, you know, a lot of people want to go to the gym to have fun, to socialize. Um, yes, you know, people want to get stronger, lose fat and all those sorts of things. But the reason why people coming back is they enjoy it. You know, and I always, I always use that analogy of, you know, there's a reason why, you know, you go into your local pub or you keep going into your local pub. There's a reason why you go to that coffee shop down the road, because um, interestingly, um, I found a new coffee shop near the uh, near the new gym, and I already know the woman's name, and she already knows what I like. What I like to have as a, a, a coffee, but it's things like that. Like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back there, um, you know. And sometimes that's how then you can build those relationships and change, you know, um, uh, maybe what you're doing that day, you know, more volume, push it, or or, or whatever it may be. And it is interesting with the, you know, um, I think sometimes think that a little bit like what we spoke about before, the credentials that people have. I think because there's so much noise out there, sometimes the people that just shout the loudest, oh, well, they do they do on, they do do on online coaching. But then, like what you say, it's just a PDF and uh, a generic text, uh, a generic message. And the, the phrase that I always use is, you know, if you throw so much shit at a wall, some of it's going to stick, but it's not going to work for everybody. And I think that's where, you know, it's so important to make sure that we're, that people get that experience on the gym floor to then gravitate towards that, to, to know those, um, to get, to get those skills. And that kind of goes into, um, the, the, the feedback side of the side of things, um, probably more so from a, um, maybe a beginner's coach and a, and, and a client's point of view, because sometimes it can be, uh, overwhelming when there's all these things sent back and i just kind of want to touch on you know what's your um uh, uh what's your approach to feedback and how have you kind of refined that to make sure that you're um getting your point across getting your point across and getting results with the clients that you're working with mate such a good question because i got a good story for this um i think having that in-person coaching experience is so valuable i like, can't be understated just in the trenches getting those hours in and just 
getting to know people, do you know what I mean? And, and getting in touch with people. And the more you can improve your communication skills, your people skills, the better coach you will be. And that will transfer to online as well. So uh, to rewind a little bit, I was a terrible coach when I first started. Like I was just, I, and more experienced coaches probably laugh at this as well. Or maybe newer coaches will, will kind of be like, oh, this is me. You kind of had like coaching vomit. Like you go and speak to someone and like we're doing a squat. And it's like, all right, here we go. And before you know it, you've said 20 cues in about 30 seconds. And that person's just looking at you and be like, but yeah, I'm thinking about work, I'm stressed and all that. I just not even listen to anything you said. I mean, something again, uh, what I picked up on seeing these really good coaches when I was younger, all the best coaches I've seen hardly said anything in a lot of cases. Like when they spoke, people listened. And when they had to go into depth, they did. But on the gym floor, a lot of it was just kind of like friendly communication. But then suddenly one golden nugget and then suddenly that changed. And I was like, where's all like the coaching cues and all that kind of thing? And so in a lot of cases, less is more. And the older I've got, the less I've kind of like vomited on people. I remember one time I learned about, you know, like screwing your feet into the floor or screw or uh, clawing the floor. I was super young, just started coaching. So I told everyone in the room the same cue. I just went around <laughs> everyone and said the same thing. And I was like, oh God, in hindsight, I was really the worst thing I could have ever done. Um, I'm why don't I need to screw my feet into the floor? Yeah, exactly. Buy <laughs> some curls, screw your feet into the floor, you'll be fine. Said <laughs> it to everyone. I said it could be the worst thing in the world, but probably the end of being the best thing because I reflect on that and be like, oh, that's not what a good coach does. Like, actually give what the person needs. And just, just uh, gaining that kind of knowledge about like, this person needs this cue, this person needs that cue. And kind of find out what works for them. And then that transfers onto online coaching because I've had that in-person coaching experience and just developed a lot of communication skills with different types of personalities. Some people like to be told everything. Some people like to be told nothing. Some people like to be told directly what they want to do or what they need to do. And it's kind of just developing those soft skills. So when you go into online coaching, you see someone's video from two different angles and it's literally like, do this. And they might ask why, you explain a little bit about why, but it's kind of making sure you say the point. And especially with online coaching, because often they just see their screen and themselves and a voice over the top. So if you're like going over and saying 20 cues and as time's going on, it's like, what did they even say? But to get that value, what I try and do is kind of like, just say the things that we definitely need to say and then clarify that at the end. So for example, of like, this is good, this is good, do this for X reason, blah, 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 and the rest of the exercises, and then just go over the key points at the ends. So basically, we've just got that valuable information and kind of getting rid of the fluff in, like, words and getting rid of the fluff of, like, what, like, filling it, filling the air with noise. You just say what, exactly what you want to say and give it to them in the way you think that will take them from A to B. And it's your job as a coach to realize what that type of person is, what type of personality is, and how you deliver that coaching cue or that little bit of knowledge that will help them to get there, really. So I'd say that's, that's the biggest difference in terms of coaching, um, being an in-person coach and coaching a lot, to someone going from online, not having any in-person coaching at all. It's kind of like you might have that word vomit and just, even if you do coaching feedback, just say 20, 30 different things to a video and the person's like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Do you think, because just touching on that, and this might be a little bit of a tangent, but we've said there, you know, um, especially the, the education you've had, you know, 
um, the the uh, experience that you've had in, ter- in terms of coaching. Do you think when it comes to feedback, because everything's out there in terms of biomechanics, in terms of programming, it's all out there. You can learn it, you know, um, and there's nothing any, there's not anything crazy new out there. Whereas, you know, being able to learn how to speak efficiently or concisely, do you think that's more where... Um, coaches can get more uh, increase their customer service rather than potentially just trying to learn more cues and learn more about you know biomechanics and the body and, and those sorts of things because you know you can learn more the more you watch people move and more more, more you watch feedback does that does that kind of make sense it makes complete sense and to put it in perspective i i i love the education i've had in terms of undergraduate and postgraduate but my most valuable bit of education in terms of coaching was coaching and looking at really good coaches and seeing what they do and mimicking them, but in my own style and that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I think a massive trap that people get in, especially online and online is such a competitive space for like knowledge. And you see people make these boss posts about like biomechanics and angles on the leg press and all that kind of thing. It might sound super cool, and it kind of, again, it goes back to like, who are you trying to impress by this? Because we can all copy and paste from a book. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, like it is out there. Uh, and although it's really, really like a lot of good information, a lot of people, and a lot of it is kind of just regurgitating information. Now to the consumer, that might they might be like, wow, they're super knowledgeable and super impressive. I'm going to go to them for online coaching. But I don't know whether that's the thought process from the coach putting it out there. I think they might just, you know, regurgitate information, not really aim like marketing wise. Who are my my who's my target audience with what I'm trying to say and what am I trying to teach them? Um, and then completely neglecting like your in-person coaching or coaching actual experience. Um, and I've I've definitely I never want to badmouth of coaches, but I've spoken to coaches who put out some incredible information online and you speak to them in person and you're like, fuck it. It's trying to get blood out of stone. Do you know what I mean? Like, have you ever coached someone? Do you know what I mean? Like no, no, no disrespect to anyone, but um, like some of the best coaching experiences I've had is I remember an internship and it was Manchester, uh, Met University and one of the, the SNC coach there, probably one of the best SNC coaches I've come across. And there was a room full of like 30 kids, like TAS athletes, like all different sports. And he, and it was just like, he just went, looked at me and went, off you go. <laughs> I was like, present to them what you're going to do today, set them up and coach them. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, this is so. <laughs> um, but those, soft skills and fine skills are so valuable when it comes to coaching and still so valuable when you actually try and coach online compared to kind of just regurgitating information, which really is to impress other coaches uh, rather than actually target your target audience. Like what does your target audience want to know? If you're a coach online who uh, is targeting like gym newbies, females, males, whatever, and they just never set foot in the gym, why are we talking about like muscle lengths? Do you know what I mean? And like, unless you're talking to like, uh, what's it called? Like, I think there's a few really good Instagram accounts called like Data Driven Strength and the Strength guys, I believe you've uh, yeah. studied under them as well. You know who they're talking to. They're talking to power lifters who want to get strong, who are already very strong. So they may need that information to get them there. And they talk to other coaches and educate other coaches. So I'm like, sweet, that's why they're doing that information. But I think a lot of younger coaches and 
mainly experienced coaches as well, maybe see these like data-driven strength and the strength guys and be like, I need to do what they're doing because they sound smart and I want to sound smart as well, not realizing who they coach. If that makes sense. <laughs> it a hundred percent does. And it kind of goes full circle to what you what you said at the at the start, you know, uh, from the uh, was it was it Nick Nick Gill that you said the, yes, the yeah, yeah. Keep it simple, and you know, I'm from you know, I, I was lucky enough to do a, an internship with the with, with the strength guys, and you know, I learned a lot from um, so the guy who uh, runs uh, the strength guys is Jason Tremblay, really really smart guy. Uh, he's done quite a lot of intern uh, internships, so he did an internship with the um, Calgary Flames um, ice hockey. Um, you know, lots of sports science knows the minutiae of everything. Whereas the programming is, their principles are put the work in. You're gonna have you're gonna have to work hard. Like the exercise is still the same in its simplest form. And we've spoken about this. Powerlifting is squat, bench, and deadlift. How do you get better at squatting? You're gonna have to squat. Same for same for bench and, and, and deadlift. And you know, one thing that I wanted to kind of expand on a little bit there is when you say, you know, regurgitating information, we've spoken about um mass get that every month there's research in there i love reading that i always put on a on a thursday i always like to put um a, a research study out there but try to either you know a, a quirky one that i've not read before or something out there that might be relevant it's like i don't know whether you saw it but there was um quite a big one about um creatine about common questions of, of creatine and i just put that out there because a lot of people use use creatine it's not to say that this is gospel, but sometimes I think people can be um, uh, clouded by research and say, yeah, I'm going to say this. Right, okay, how does that actually apply to the population that you're that you're working with? Um, is it relevant? You know, some of the things, like I love all like the biomechanics side of things, whereas actually if it's um, Joe Smith who just wants to put on a little bit of mass, get a little bit stronger for his holiday in a couple of months. He's never wanting to compete, right? I don't need to be telling him all about this this research that we've that, that we've just shown there. Um, so yeah, I think it is that is that thing, and a, a common theme that we've kind of chatted about there is, you know, keep it simple. You don't have to overcomplicate things, and ultimately speak to that person in front of you rather than trying to overwhelm them by showing how uh, how smart you are you'll be able to show how good you are by you you said it right at the start you know if someone had signed up for built strong and didn't think it was worth it that's that's not good whereas if they learn something feel a part of it and you've you've spoken to them as they are that's exactly where you want to be um quite a lot of topics touched on there and a, and a few tangents the last question that I like to ask is from everything that we've chatted about there, whether it be for clients or coaches, what would be your take-home points or words of wisdom? Oh, no, I've not got, not got too many words of wisdom. <laughs> um, I think from a coaching perspective, that in-person coaching is so valuable. I, I just dive into the uncomfortable. Some of the best uh, or most improvements I've made as a, as a coach was when I was forced to do coaching in front of loads of people, coach different types of people. Another thing for development is go and speak and coach with other coaches, see how they do things, see how they coach. Uh, some of the best things I've ever done is kind of going to different domains, different sports, and seeing how SNC coaches or different coaches in those sports actually deliver their service. 
uh, and that, that was really great. And then from a sort of coaching one, from a business side of thing, I think it is just find out who you're marketing to. Like have a real good thing to be like, all right, what, what's my target audience and what am I trying to say to them? And don't get lost and think, right, I need to copy these kind of researches uh, and try and regurgitate these like studies and stuff like that. Unless that's your target audience and you're, you're trying to teach them, then it's not necessarily needed. Um, and yeah, that's about it really. And then in terms of life, I don't really have much wisdom in there. I say, just don't worry about what people think and say and do because a lot of them, they're just worried about their own, maybe possibly ego. And they're worried about what they come across like on social media compared to other coaches. When really, if you're running a business, that, that's, you know I mean, take account what people do, but just ignore basically over it, most of it and kind of just do what you need to do to grow your business and, and make great customer service. Yeah, definitely. I think there was some really good um, take-home points there. You know, I think there's, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I think sometimes there's a fear that everyone has to be, you know, you can't speak to other coaches. You can't collaborate with other coaches. You can't, you know, they've got, they're going to always hide something and, and, and not tell you. Whereas we've spoken quite a lot about programming, about, about coaching, you know, and it's kind of ultimately they're, a little bit like what you said about, you know, the feedback that you're giving, who are you going to coach? So somebody who you are going to coach, who you built a relationship might not train with, might not train with me or coach with me. And that's, the, that's the same for everybody else because people buy into people. And that's why, you know, not to be, not to be cheesy, but that's why it's the art of coaching. You know, mm. you, you, you find out who your target audience is and how you're going to build up from there. And yeah, there's always going to be, um, uh, somebody who's going to shout the loudest, who might have a bigger following, but they aren't relating to, um, uh, you know, someone fifteen minutes down the road who's going to be able to, um, you know, come and come and train with you, or you know, I want to gravitate towards the the online coaching with you. So yeah, I thought that was some really really good points to to mention there. Um, thanks a lot. John for taking the time to jump on always enjoy catching up with you and, 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 and picking your brains for everyone listening who might have any questions about what we've chatted about today um, and reach out to you or even get involved in some of the uh, the coaching that you've mentioned there where can people find you or reach out to you uh, so Instagram or email is probably the best thing so info at builtstrongonlinecoaching.com uh, is the email and then builtstrongonlinecoaching is just the Instagram there and uh, yeah, coaches or want to talk about business stuff or kind of or um, anyone looking into the programs yet, yeah, just send me a DM, super open book. And I'm just to regurgitate what you said before, like I remember messaging you, messaging you uh, probably earlier on this year, asking about powerlifting training and with one of the powerlifters in my program competing in the uh, British Masters. And I was like, all right. Pick, stay, uh, pick a few brains off stay and uh, see how we go. And it's great reaching out to coaches and, and just having these chats. And, and that's how you go and learn knowledge and, and become a better coach. Definitely. You know, it's that, you know, from uh, from experience, you know, most people are willing to are willing to help. You know, it's it's, it's just that thing of, um, uh, like what you say, the education side of things to, to learn and share ideas. And that's how you can develop. That's how you can develop as a coach. That's the whole reason why, you know, uh, I I still enjoy the podcast. You know, I speak to coaches such as such as yourself, learn myself, but then also you know, um, be able to pass that on to pass that on to the clients that I work with. So yeah, from a coach's point of view, um, I think it's there. Which for me, again, on a little bit of a tangent, I just think um, 
the fact that other coaches are still have that fear of collaborating with other coaches and want to like hold things back. It's like, no, that's not how um that's not how you're gonna that's not how you're gonna progress. There's a reason why um I think it was Eddie Jones in the in the off season went round to loads of other sports teams mm. to speak to him. You know, there's a reason why if Eddie Jones, head of England, is gonna do that, then as a coach, one hundred percent do that to to increase your skill set. Um yeah. Thanks a lot, John, for taking the time to jump on. Really, really enjoyed catching up with you. Thanks a lot to everyone listening, and I will catch up with you all next week.